Anybody have a plan tonight? And you're going to be mad if it goes any other way? <laughs> I hope not. If you do, just lay it aside. Let God be God. I don't mean that the Lord doesn't ever work in a structured or planned out fashion. Certainly, the Lord has plans. <laughs> Amen. But uh, our plans ought to always be subject to His plans. And that's the way we ought to live life. Doesn't mean we don't ever make plans for the future and prepare and get ready for things. And I think that's wisdom. But then ultimately, uh, we don't set them up as the only way and the final decision in everything we do. We let, uh, we let the Lord have final word. Do we live that way? Let the Lord have the final word. Amen. In everything we do, in every subject. In every decision, let the Lord have the final word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, you know, in, in regard to that, you know, we were sharing with you Sunday about a particular thing, and it's just stirred up in my heart a little bit more. Uh, well, at least it was in one of the services. I don't remember if it was in both of those services. But uh, how, how, if there we're ever going to really put ourselves in position to know the will of God, then it's important that we, that we have an open mind to doing either what we want to do or what we don't want to do, what we would prefer that the Lord would say to us or what we really hope He wouldn't say to us. <laughs> if we're ever going to hear, we have to be open to both options or multiple options if that's the case when we're not uh, open to considering something that we really don't want we've really closed our mind to the Lord ever saying something about it and we should understand this that the Lord is right and the Lord's ways are the best ways Amen. not only for his eternal kingdom and plan, which is important to us, but also for you, also for me. It should be very uh, important that I understand whenever the Lord wants me to do something, if it's as simple as washing the dishes <laughs> or getting up to pray or getting here to church or sharing the gospel with another person, or a myriad of things the Lord may want us to do. It's not only beneficial and going to be fruitful and effective if I obey, I will always be better off if I heed His voice. And the difficulty in that is, is sometimes we can't see how it's going to benefit us. And because of the, you know, because of selfish, selfish flesh, if we can't see how it's going to benefit us, oftentimes we're not up for it. That's not, that's not a compliment for us either. <laughs> we should be willing to do things even though we see no benefit for ourselves. But it would be, uh, it would be wise and mature to recognize that when the Lord asks us to do something, we're also going to benefit, but that's not really the reason we should obey. 
but we should know that. Like I've said on numerous occasions, there are some who uh, forego what we might call selling out to the Lord, you know, giving Him everything, actually meaning Lord when we say Lord. You know what I'm talking about? The boss, the one who's in charge. It would, now what was I saying about that? <laughs> Some forego doing that because of their concern for what their life would be. And they've actually been deceived into believing that if I do everything that I think the Lord wants me to do, I'm going to have a, a miserable life. I won't be fulfilled. I won't be full of joy. I'm going to miss out on a whole lot. Okay. I would wonder who in here could, could testify that you used to be involved with all that stuff that people thought that many today still think they will miss, but you don't miss it. Am I talking to anyone? Can anyone relate? You, you understand that some people feel like, I can't give this up. I mean, I can't quit doing that. What am I going to do? I mean, that's my life. But it used to be your life, and, and you wouldn't go back. You wouldn't trade what you have living for the Lord wholeheartedly and sold out for the way things used to be. And see, that's the deception. If I give up this, I feel like the Lord wants me to give this up, to, you know, sacrifice this, uh, uh, to, to quit. I don't know if I can live without that. Well, you can. But it absolutely, if, again, if we're ever going to know what the Lord really wants us to do, the qualifier the thing that puts us in position to know that is being open. Open to the Lord saying no. You know, I use just use common illustrations. Uh, uh, should I take this job? And let me back up from that just a second. It's important that we know this, that God wants us to use wisdom. And many times, wisdom is the answer but I would say this even if things always if they calculate out on paper and it seems like the wisest decision to make we always as spirit-filled people we know a little bit more and we that doesn't mean we stop using wisdom and operating in general principles but we always must give the final say in anything to the Lord. Let's say someone, well, I was talking about the job, but let's go on. A, uh, let's say two single people want to marry. And so they take the compatibility tests that have been designed and can be helpful. And, and uh, they examine their personalities. They look at their financial situation. They look at how many, you know, maybe they went on one of these dating things that, you know, they have nowadays on the Internet. And they got matched up. You know, and they are in harmony. <laughs> and I'm not criticizing that site. <laughs> I actually didn't even intend to say that. <laughs> Just popped out. 
I wasn't meaning e-harmony, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. I'm just, that wasn't my point. But I'm saying, some, they, they look, and they're being very diligent. They're using wisdom. And they're looking at all the ins and outs. And they have agreement spiritually. And they have agreement socially and, and economically in their backgrounds and their interests. And there's just a lot of things that seem really right. And there's an attraction and all this stuff. Could it ever be that all those things work out and the Lord still not want them to marry? Yeah. I would say a lot of times, you know, those things make sense and they could lead to the right person, the right situation. But as a believer, we need to understand, and we know this theoretically, but we need to be reminded sometimes, the Lord knows more than those tests and all the study we can do. He knows more than those things could ever predict. Okay. Has anyone been married and after you got married a few years, the other person changed a whole lot? <laughs> I guess that's a yes. <laughs> Let me say this. Has it, and I'm not talking about marriage now, but has anyone ever been duped by another person? Where you thought they were one thing, and it turned out they were something else. Where they maybe, you know, had a good face on, and they looked like, wow, honest, kind, a lot of good things you could think of, but through circumstances, and when they were faced with certain situations, a lion came out. Or maybe you found out that they were not honest. They were deceitful. And they were, there are people that are very good at that. I've known a number of them through my life, as many of, of you have. They were, you know, they could be the nicest person you would think. I have just met a lifelong friend here or business partner and someone. Man, I just really like this person. But over time, you find out that they will stab you in the back. And if the, the circumstance doesn't go their way, again, you know, it comes out a tiger or something. And, and uh, the Lord knows those things when sometimes there's no way that we can. Maybe if you're highly trained and you, you work for the CIA or something and you're able to, uh, you know, really analyze people, you might have an advantage over the average person, okay? But still, there are people, you know, We've invented polygraph tests and everything to find out if people are lying. But my understanding is people can be trained to beat them. You know, maybe I watch too many movies. I don't know. But uh, I understand that those things are not a fail-safe. People can, can beat those things all the time. What's the answer? It always comes down to this. We should use natural resources and study things and be diligent and use wisdom. But ultimately now, the Lord has the final word. It is the Lord's direction that we should seek. He knows. He knows that person is going to flake out in two years. He knows the partnership's going to go bad. 
He knows what's going to happen around the corner, that there's no possible natural way that we can see it. Okay, again, am I saying that we spend all our time praying and no time being diligent naturally? I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the, the thing we should do. I think we do look at stuff. You know, someone's going to buy a car, you know, especially buy a used car, and it's, you know, maybe you've been used for a while. <laughs> How many know it makes sense if there's any question at all to have it looked at by someone who's professional in that regard? Even spirit-filled Christians <laughs> should do that, okay? But ultimately, could the Lord ever know something about the car that the mechanic didn't find? Of course, we know the answer. He knows everything about everything. And so we should always come back to he is the overrider in our decisions. Okay? I, I don't know how many pastors get, well, let me just say all of them, <laughs> get, have been at times frustrated over trying to help certain people who simply will not seek God concerning their life. And you, you, I mean, again, many times natural advice and counsel and and these types of things can, can help a lot. But ultimately, what does a pastor want people to do? Seek God. Ultimately, no matter what I tell you or Pastor Mickey tells you, or any other wise person that you know, you know I've put us in the wise, <laughs> or any other super highly intelligent person, <laughs> spiritual, <laughs> good looking, <laughs> praise God, I felt a flow on that, whoo! <laughs> no matter what any person tells you, you must pray about it also. Because ultimately, I'm responsible for every decision I make. Ultimately, even if I've got the counsel of the smartest people in the world, the most spiritual, the wisest people on the planet, ultimately, I've got to take responsibility to hear from God myself. And this is where if I don't develop a prayer life and a walk in relationship with God, that's two-way, hmm, that it's, it's a dialogue, it's going both ways, then I'm the one that's going to suffer. If I employ wisdom and practic practical things and just use common sense, I am going to avoid a lot of mistakes. I'm going to make a lot more right decisions than I if I just flip a coin. Okay? But even the best, pr most practical, uh, you know, person who takes time to look at things, they'll still miss it sometimes. And I don't know about you, I don't like to miss it. I don't like to be wrong. I don't like to trip up and fall and make mistakes or have to put it in reverse. You know what I'm talking about? If I do, there's forgiveness and grace and let's do what we need to do. But I'd rather not. And so, after everything I do, 
I seek the job and the benefits are good and the hours are good and all these things are right. After everything I do, then I pray. Or, you know, maybe I'm saying that backwards. I pray first. I'd probably say it this way. Pray before, during, and after. You do all the natural things that you do because ultimately the Lord knows. He knows if that person is a scam. He knows if they're going to if they're going to do you wrong. Amen. He knows how things are going to turn out. And the Lord's got our best interest in mind. Amen. The Lord's got our best interest in mind. Praise God. It's real important that we pay attention though. Pay attention. Amen. Amen. And so decisions, you know, we're always making decisions. We've always got things before us. We've always got things to do. And I was, I was talking to you about, about how pastors, you know, they want people to pray. You would make my job a lot easier. And I know many of you do. I'm not acting like we got a bunch of crazy people here and carnal. No, we got cream of the crop. Amen. But we need to be stirred up sometimes. Just remind, I need to be reminded. But pastors want people to pray. Doesn't mean we don't study and don't do, do other things. But pray for yourself. Take time regularly to listen. Just, just take time to listen. Get quiet. Pray in the Spirit. And listen on the inside. What would the Lord have me to do? Amen. Say, what? I've done that, but I didn't get anything. Well, listen, you didn't waste time. According to the Word, you renewed your strength what happens when we wait upon him your strength is renewed so you get up I mean I don't know about you but I've had many times many many times over the years where I prayed maybe even sometimes prayed for an extended period of time prayed 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 got up didn't get anything as far as something that I could articulate the Lord spoke to me or I didn't have a vision didn't see an angel you know what I'm talking, what I'm talking about just prayed so what should be my response? There was a time when I would get real frustrated with that because it seemed like others I knew, every time they bowed their knee, heaven opened up. <laughs> every time they closed their eye, you know, they heard a voice from heaven. And it wasn't true that that was happening with them every time, but that was my, uh, my take on what was happening. And so I felt deficient. And I felt like, man, I'm not really getting anything. I'm not really uh, being effective here. And so... Uh, I would get frustrated, but over a period of time, I grew, and I, I understood uh, some of these things a little bit better, and I would spend time praying, didn't necessarily hear any booming voice and no spectacular experience, but I knew I could get up and say, I'm stronger, and say, I'm stronger, I've built myself up on, up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, remember Jude 20, so I know I've done that. I know I've prayed, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, mysteries unto God, divine secrets. I know I've done all these things, and so I count my time as valuable. Because I'm not praying to be loved more. Do you do that? You shouldn't do that. Don't ever pray to th to, because you feel like, man, I'm a, I'm a bad Christian if I don't. No, pray because you want to. Pray because God knows everything. <laughs> and if you want to know more, hang around people who know a lot. Doesn't that make sense? You walk with the wise, you'll grow wise. I know someone who's the most wise. <laughs> He's the only wise God, right? And, and, and He is the Lord. And if I'll hang around Him a lot, I'll know more. 
I'll be quicker to recognize. Praise God. Praise God. And the Lord will tell us these things to save us from trouble. Save us from wrong decisions. And we've all made wrong decisions, but we want to remove those, don't we? Amen. There's more than one way to learn things. It's called the easy way and the hard way. What's the easy way? Easy way is hear and do. Hard way is do the wrong thing <laughs> and find out through mistakes and actions that we went the wrong way, did the wrong thing, it hurts, all kinds of things. And then we learn. Praise God we learned, but it wasn't God's way to learn. So stop giving God the credit for the mistake, the wrong decisions that you made and say, well, at least I learned something. God, did, God taught me something. No, He didn't teach you that. That's not His way of teaching. School of Experience is a great teacher. But the tuition is way too high. Hmm. Factory has a sign that says, keep hands out. You believe the sign? Or stick your hand in and come out with a stump? Either way, you learned. Hmm. But how many know the factory owner didn't really want you to do that? Keep your hand out of the machinery. Just believe the sign. Believe the words. Likewise, that's how God deals with us. Say, I got cancer and I learned a whole lot. So, don't blame the Lord for that. That's not His way of teaching. Hmm. It's not His way of, uh, of doing things. Well, I was, I was going the wrong way and I got in a car accident and called out to God when I was on my back. And, uh, well... Thank God you finally did. But that wasn't the Lord's plan. Are, are we listening? I, I know some of this is pretty elementary to, uh, to many of you, but uh, there are others that still have this kind of thinking. Okay, Most of us know, if you've been around here for, for very long, I really doubt that, you're, that you question if the Lord, if you, you know, if you suffer physically or have uh, sickness or disease or pain in your body, you, you probably don't question whether the Lord wants you well. Most of you, uh, if you've been around, you know, well, that's a given. But we need to understand that not everyone is there. There's a whole lot of people, of course, those in the world and many Christians and people have been Christians for a long time. They've just been, they're just ignorant of, ignorant of the Word of God, ignorant of the Bible. And people wonder, does the Lord always want people healed? Is it always His will or sometimes... Does he want people to suffer and, and, and go through a sickness for his glory or, 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 or something like that or to teach them or make them more holy? Does sometimes he do that? Well, obviously there's a hundred things we could say about that. Uh, but understand this. This is primary, of primary importance. It's not a matter of whether the Lord wants to. The fact is he already did. You can never say the Lord, the Lord doesn't want you to be healed. He already did it. It is too late. What's the, why do I say that? I say that because of scriptures like Isaiah 53 and numerous redemptive scriptures that show us that Jesus took stripes upon his back so that we would be provided healing. That was, that's already done. That's already finished. He already took it 
what decision is there to make on his part now? None. Do you know that the Lord is not deciding when people get sick who to heal? Do you know that when, when we minister and lay hands on the sick, there's no decisions being made in heaven where the Lord's looking down on one and saying, oh, you know, they've been pretty good lately. We'll go ahead and zap them. And this person, man, they haven't been praying at all. They've been lying. They've been cheating. We'll let them hang out for a while, learn a few lessons. Not, there are no decisions being made. When we have a healing meeting, no decisions in heaven are being made. None. Why? They've all, be, concerning that subject, they've already been made. It was already met, settled in heaven for every single person in here that healing would be made available to them. Always. If I understand that very basic truth about redemption and what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, I would never, ever wonder if God would heal me. I'm going to tell you, he won't. That's good news, huh? Because he already did. Healing is available just like air is available. Lord, is it your will that I breathe? That I draw breath? I, I don't know about you, I've never prayed that prayer. Lord, when I wake up, is it okay if I breathe? Because it's provided. And I'm telling you, healing is provided. It's on standing on a more sure foundation than the air. Because, you know, I mean, the air certainly was created by God, but uh, healing was purchased by Jesus. You don't go purchase something and then decide afterwards if you want it. Well, I guess some people do that with return policies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Lord's not returning anything <laughs> and the Lord has already purchased everything that we need in life so my prayer is not trying to convince God to do something for me and even concerning my needs and those type of things I'm not asking about his will I know it's his will. I don't know how I got off on all that. That was sure good, though. <laughs> but listen, uh, here, here's, here's where I, 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 I do want to stay, or, you know, at least I believe I, it was a good flow for a little bit there, <laughs> is what we do want to hear. There are decisions that we make all the time. And, you know, I sure wish that people would pray about where, and I realize a lot of people, they come to church, they're not Christians, so that doesn't really count for them. And many times people are new believers, they just haven't been taught. But for the person who's been saved a while, I wish people would pray about where they go to church. Because things are different than in, in New Testament days. You know, in, in New Testament days, especially concerning, there, there were some areas of, of, of Bible discipline that were shown in the, in, in the Word of God, and how people would be, if they were involved in certain things, we were, we were instructed, you know, don't 
fellowship with them basically you know don't treat them like a sinner but you don't go out to eat with them if they're involved in it basically if if someone's involved in certain activity you can't act like it's okay all right and they could they could be uh it was different because in their day they couldn't just go across the street to the next church where nobody knew and everyone could just uh you know we just start over but things are different today and I'm not saying it's not the will of God that we have a lot of churches. You know, thank God for a lot of good places doing the will of God. But nowadays people, they can totally mess up one place. And they, you know, if, they, if it's bad enough, they can move to a different city. But a lot, of, a lot of times in cities like ours, you can go across town and nobody knows you. And here you are coming in with a big smile and everybody thinks everything's great with you and and uh, no, you just hurt some people over here, and now you're showing up, and you didn't want to deal with it. It was uncomfortable. You wouldn't receive correction, and so you left. And it happens here. I mean, not by you guys, but you know the other people. <laughs> this is where it's important. I just wish people would hear from God. People make decisions too many times based on things other than the Lord said. And there are some decisions that shouldn't be made based on anything other than the Lord said. But in doing so, we miss it and we lower the potential of what God can and will do in our lives. Amen. You know, we've been studying a little bit on the glory of God. Talking about His presence. Oh, what a good thing. What a good thing. And you remember what we read over there at, at the beginning. Was it John something? John 14, 21. And uh, where, where Jesus talked about if we love him, we would obey him. We'd do what he said. We'd obey his commands. And, uh, you know, giving the Lord that place in our life is really, really important. And... It should be done out of love, not a desire to be accepted, but as a response that we have for him, that we do what he says. We give him that place. He, even at times when the Lord may say to someone, uh, be encouraged. I'm going to know that word. If I were to say to you, be encouraged. Well, that's kind of like an encouraging statement. But at the same time, do it. You know, what if the Lord says, be encouraged? Well, that's both a help and encouraging word, and it's also a command. You know, the Lord says, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. It's like, well, those words, I believe, send strength into us. Be strong, yes. But it's also a command. Be strong. And how many know we kind of need both of those? Here's what we need the Word of God to be in our lives. It is both empowering, a word of direction, instruction, empowers us. But it also is a word that we must take as direction. 
as instruction or a command from the Lord. If the Lord tells me to be strong, what is he doing? He's saying my strength is being made available to you. Why would he ask us to do something that we couldn't do? He certainly wouldn't. He doesn't ask us to live in something that he doesn't provide. And so his word for us to do something carries with it the ability to obey. But I must also take that word as instruction or a command to me. Someone said, I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of low and I'm feeling down. Well, be encouraged. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, cheer up, stir it up, get it together. And it's meant to be a kind, affectionate, building up word, encouraging word. Okay. But also, we need to hear this. Do it. Because sometimes we just, you know, it's just, we, we approach these things too passively that it's either the Lord, He's going to do it, or He's not going to do it. But with a word from God is the ability to obey it. When God speaks, He empowers us to do what He's telling us to do. And so my response should be, if I'm feeling down and the Lord says, be of good cheer. What's my response? I should respond and obey as if I believed that with the command to cheer up came cheer. Are you listening? And so, if I believe that, immediately I should obey it. Say, but I don't have any cheer. Yes, you do. If the Lord said to you to cheer up, if you come across a word written in the B-I-B-L-E that tells you to be strong or to be happy or to be full of joy or whatever it is, then that word comes to you, it empowers you to obey it. So, immediately... I obey and cheer up. Now your flesh will argue with you when that when when you start acting like that. If you start acting like God's word is true, you might not only have trouble from your flesh, you'll have trouble from other people. Ah, you're just putting it on. Well, I'm putting on the new man. Ah, you're just faking it. No, I'm obeying God. You know, what if the word comes to you? Maybe it's through another person and you're feeling physically bad. And the word comes and says, be healed. Well, you better obey it. <laughs> Say, but that's not really an act of my will. Well, it might be more than we think. I realize we're not necessarily deciding to be sick. But when we see these things in that light, that the Lord's command be healed, yes, sir, I'll be healed. I'm healed. Why? Because the Lord told me to be. I'll be happy. The Lord told me to be. And you don't feel like it. You don't want to. You know, the, your, 
emotions are saying no, and you, got, you still know about the problems and the reason you were down in the first place. But no, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. And in that, why, why should I be obedient? Because He loves me and I love Him. And if He tells me, be happy, bless God, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> and then what happens? Well, again, I know we didn't read the verse, but we've read it so many times, you all should have it memorized. He manifests himself, reveals, and shows himself clearly to us. What is that? He'll show himself to me in joy. He'll show himself to me in strength. He'll show himself to me in, 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 uh, in peace, in, 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 in everything we need, in, in health. He'll show himself to me in wealth. Amen. Yay! See, maybe some of this, maybe some of the reason we don't think this way is because of our society growing up in a democracy. And, uh, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I like, I like it. Okay, I don't want someone necessarily just telling me what to do uh, with everything. But in the kingdom of God, it's different. It's not all a matter of the Lord speaks and we decide. Hmm. I wonder, well, maybe I'll do that, maybe I won't. We can't have that mindset, okay? I remember hearing years ago that people who were uh, going into former Soviet Union and, you know, places where people were used to being under uh, that type of government where they didn't have much freedom at all and they, they were, you know, they were used to taking orders, used to, you do this and it's like, do it or you're in big big trouble and so they were just used to saying yes i'll do it and and when the gospel came to them and people came teaching and ministering and preaching healing and deliverance they would tell them similar things like be healed yes <laughs> and they were they were just used to they understood how to follow a command and that response helped them tremendously because their bodies would just change because, well, they were told. And not just by a government official, by the Lord and by a servant of the Lord who his, who his power was flowing through. Be healed, be set free, be delivered. Yes, I will. So I'm free from here on out. Why? Because the Lord said to be. Amen. Again, every word from God carries with it the ability to obey. And that mindset will help us to be successful in everything the Lord puts before us. Everything. I know this. Praise God. The Lord is so good. Man, I just He's just good. <laughs> Sometimes you're just around Him and I don't know, you just sense His presence. Praise God. And uh, but, but I know this, the Lord directed me and my family, you know, to come and start this work. What comes with that? The ability to do it. And so I'm not operating just in my own smarts, just in my own experience in life and in the world. And so I've learned to manipulate circumstances and I can make things happen not about that operating on thus saith the lord Amen. with the direction comes the ability 
with the command comes the, the, the supply to fulfill that command. Amen. And so never, ever be concerned in your life about the Lord telling you to do something that you feel inadequate for. There are times we will feel inadequate. Like, how could I do something? Because it's not uncommon for the Lord to ask people to do stuff that's bigger than them. Hmm. It's not uncommon for the Lord to, to, to find someone and He wants them to do a, magnific a magnificent thing. And sometimes, you know, the Lord may deal with you to, to share the gospel with another person and that in and of itself overwhelms you. You think, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I... With the command comes the ability. With the direction. That's why, you know, sometimes when the Lord gives me direction or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to do something, I get real excited about that. Why? If he tells me to do it, he's there to back it up. I'm not doing something just trying to get the Lord to bless it. I'm getting involved with what he's blessing. I'm getting involved with something that he's already involved with. And so it's not just about me. Amen. And so don't be concerned. If the Lord tells you to do something, uh, you know, and you understand when I say when the Lord tells you, most of the time we're not talking about hearing a voice. The Lord, you hear a voice, great. The Lord has a voice. You know, you may have a vision or a dream or, or some type of experience like that, but it's, a lot of times it's, it's that, just that knowing on the inside. You know the Lord wants you to do it. But never be concerned that if, if the Lord wants you to do something that you won't be able to do it. You absolutely will be able to do it. With the command came the ability. There was an impartation with the word. As we were sharing last week about the laying on of hands. And uh, I like the laying on of hands. And m many times when I, when I pray for, for, for people, even if it's not necessarily just healing, just want to pray for someone. I like, it doesn't have to be this way, but I like to lay hands on them because I have a whole lot of confidence in that form of ministry. I believe there's a transferal. And I've had times where I felt nothing. The other person was magnificently touched by God. And they felt something all over them. It's like, woo! And so it's just not really based on that. God, something's happening every time we do. But understand this, that uh, transferal and, and anointings and impartations happen other ways too. One way, one big way, is through the spoken word. And that can come even right now. As God's words come through to you, what's happening? You're being empowered. You're being strengthened. You're being equipped to do what God wants you to do. I praise God. And when the Lord speaks to us directly in our hearts, what's happening? An equipping, an impartation. There's something going into you to enable you to do what God has called you, you to do. And your life should always be bigger than what you can wrap your mind around. Your future, I'm telling you, I just know this because this is God. And I'm saying this, this is for everybody, okay? Yay, thus saith. For everybody. You follow the Lord and His plan, you'll do more than you ever thought possible. But the, what we must be able to wrap our minds around at least the fact that, uh, that God is able to do through me more 
than I ever thought I could. He's able to do through you more than you ever, you ever thought possible. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, the Lord is so good. But things are imparted through words. You remember Ephesians chapter 4, uh, which talks about how God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Well, what do primarily, what do apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers do? They, the apostle, they, they prophet, they, 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 they speak. Let me just say this. These are, these are speaking gifts. I know you could say there's more to it than that. But they speak. Words come out of their mouths. What does that do? Those words equip. And so it should be of primary importance to me in my life to hear words but with this mindset I believe that as I'm hearing words I am being equipped and that's not just a cliche something literal is being transferred into me is being imparted into me these things happen more than people know but if we'll expect it there'll be even a greater manifestation of it oh yeah It'll increase more and more because we expect it. No question about it that a person who expects something through the laying on of hands, this person expects something to go into them, they get more. No doubt about it that if a person expects to be equipped through the spoken word, they'll get more. They'll get more. Have a friend. We have a friend who... Uh, uh, no matter what service, and Brother Bob here, he's like this too. Because you, you've told me this. <laughs> We're st still deciding that. <laughs> but he will always, no matter what service he's going in, no matter who's speaking, no matter, you know, service, a class, whatever you call it, Bibles, the Word of God's going forth. He will get something from God. And part of that, because I can remember being in some situations and some classes before with this person, and I didn't get a thing. I thought it was boring. <laughs> I thought, oh. And he'd come out saying, oh, that was good what that was said right about that. And I'm thinking, I didn't even hear that. And I didn't fall asleep, but, you know, I'm just... What happened? His expectation to get something produced something. And he took something away from every opportunity that was presented. The word went forward and something was imparted. A truth. The power to obey that truth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Man, the Lord wants us to do more. He wants us to go up. And so we've got to listen to words that equip, that prepare. And that get us ready and that direct. Go this way, don't go this way. Connect with this one, don't connect with this one. And all these things empower us. Praise God. Amen.